body body mind spirit radio offering quality live programming with holistic spiritual psychic and metaphysical hosts hello thank you so much for joining today to find out about some incredible healing and life-changing work that we will be talking about later in the interview with Diane, and I'm really excited to, really grateful to share her life story and her work, and I will bring her on in a few minutes. So thank you for taking this time to learn more about what is possible for you to make some changes in your life, to heal, to grow, to become more yourself, and Taking that time, is, I remember listening to an interview by Oprah who is so, there's so many inspirational people out there if we just look for them, and she's definitely one of them. And uh, I remember her saying one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves is, in fact, time. And uh, so taking ourselves, taking time to nourish ourselves, taking time to learn about things that can um, really enrich our spirit and grow us, getting off of Facebook, getting off of the, the things that kind of drain our spirit, right? You know, sometimes it's really um, just even noticing those things that drain our spirit and then getting off of those those things. And um, so this is definitely something that's going to en- enrich your spirit and um, really going to help you grow and help you evolve. And um, wonderful, wonderful. So I am uh, setting up the uh, interview here for Diane. I just got an email here. And um, let me just check here with. Great, great. Um, Letting her know to please call again and enter the pen because I do not see her on the studio board here. So just a moment, pause.
Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, offering quality live programming with holistic, spiritual, psychic, and metaphysical hosts. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining In Touch Interviews. I am Barbara White, your host, and here on In Touch Interviews, we interview people that have brought forth their work into the planet that are making a difference and working with people to really create a change. And later in a few minutes, I will bring on Diane and her incredible uh, life coaching and um, help you to see if this is a, if her work is something that can really help you to make changes in your life and learn about her incredible journey and how did she really come to be doing what she was doing? And um, I always find it so beneficial when um, I can hear someone's, their evolution of how they brought forth their unique song or their their gift, if you will. Although I that, that term implies that it's like when somebody gets a gift and somebody don't. But everybody is gifted, right? We all have something within us. And she, Diane has brought forth in her journey her work in such a beautiful way. And I, I can't wait to hear how she how that evolution happened in her life personally and then also professionally to hear about the work that she's bringing forward and how she's seen it change life. I um, I think about this time that you're giving to yourself right now to hear this interview, to hear about Diane's work. And, and it's really important because, you know, it's time is one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves. And we waste it, right? We waste it with going on Facebook or watching mindless television. And, you know, some shows can be really uplifting, but some – some could just drain our energy. And this is definitely something that's going to uplift your energy and add to your life. So thank you for taking this time. I think about what Oprah said, and she said, one of the greatest gifts we can give to ourselves is time. And so thank you for giving this this gift to yourself to find out about the work and to um, really learn about other healing modalities and other healers' work so that you can really build your toolbox for going forward in this life. We really... We really need to have a toolbox of healers in our life. We need to have people that work with our heart and people that work with our body and and because um, there is just so much going on in the world. I know I don't need to tell you that, that there is just some incredible shifts happening, that all the pain and suffering is coming up. And, and if you don't stay grounded in your heart, you don't stay grounded in love, um, you can really lose your way. And uh Definitely for me, I had I had a, a test of that this weekend. I um, worked with some of the factory farming and dairy industry, uh, seeing some of the footage and what really goes on in those places and um, worked with bringing more awareness to that and of how we can make cha- changes in our food and changes in um, and, how, and what choices we make and how that profoundly, profoundly, if you don't even look at the diet aspect, it profoundly affects the environment. But I got to see some footage about um, really what exactly goes on in, by the way, organic and regular dairy industry. And um, and even with my faith and prayers, and I got, I had to really go deep into my faith. I had to go really deep into the light and know that spirit, uh, creation, or however you identify that that thing that's bigger than you. Um, has a solution and really understand that people don't understand when they're hurting another human being. There's people don't hurt another human being because they're inherently evil. They do it because it's their financial well-being, or maybe it's what they were taught as a child, or maybe there is some type of trauma that's causing them to 
really not feel in their bodies what they're doing to the animals and how it affects the environment and how it affects the community and how it affects our lakes and it's hard for them to connect that and it's there's a big disconnect there right and it's like we we can say we're animal lovers and love our dog to pieces but then something is missed when we think it's okay to be doing what we're doing to the cows and you know just just focusing on them alone and that it's okay to drink um, dairy and um, and not be aware of what's happening. And there's a big disconnect there because cows really they they they're snuggly. <laughs> I don't know if you know that they'll play just like dogs. And um, so I got I really got a lesson and and I'm grateful for people's work like Diane and all these other incredible people that have gone forward in developing their own hearts and their own consciousness so that they can hold space for others to remember who they are. You know, that's really what it's all about, right? People like, like me, like Diane, like Penny, who owns the Body, Mind, Spirit Guide, we're all just, we're doing this because we know that it can, we, we have hope. We do know that that if we can hold space for one person at a time to heal, there really can be a change in the planet. And something that um, something that's really encouraging for me, and maybe this is something that will be helpful for you, is that big changes on the planet, whether it be the ending of slavery or it be the, it be the suffrage movement, um, it didn't happen from the wasn't the mass consciousness that the change happened from. It was one is actually works out to be a little bit less than one percent of the population actually agreed with ending slavery and with um, women's right to vote. And um, but yet the change happened, right? You know, so work of healing yourself, of really coming forward and and getting getting yourself feeling your wholeness, feeling your inherent worth. So that you can come into greater service in the planet in some way, so that you can be an uplifter instead of a drainer to those people around you. But a lot of times we've experienced so much pain and so much trauma that we we need people like Diane's work and her life coaching to help us. And it's not weak to accept help, by the way. It's it's actually really strong. I mean, think about a CEO, right? She or he doesn't run that business by themselves. They have help. And so some reason <clears throat> I've noticed in, in my short 20 years being in this work is like people think it's weak to hire a life coach or a therapist or if you actually look at these people that are um, doing some great things in the world, they also have a life coach. They also have mentors. And back, you know, 10,000 years ago when we had the village model, everyone had mentors. You had people that you worked with. You had, you had, you had um, big sisters and brothers that guided you and, um, we really need that to be a whole healthy human being. We need someone that temporarily hold our hand, not permanently, you know, that would, that would be healthy, but temporarily give us the guidance, the support, remind us of who we are, remind us that we are okay, that, and give us the tools that we need and, and the, the um, support that we need. And we all need that. I need that. Um, and so Diane's work is, is, is one of those incredible things that you can access to help you to, um, to, to heal. Like we're, as a culture, we're really all wounded, right? We're not given the two, like, unless you were the rare one that got taught meditation and self-awareness as a kid, I know I, I didn't get that blessing. And you were taught what emotions are really for and how to move them through your your body and your heart. You weren't taught to just ignore them or um, maybe eat them away. Um, unless you're the rare one that got all those tools, um, which I, I I think you're probably not listening to this interview if you if you did, because <laughs> you're like what point oh 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 five percent of the population. 
Um, so most of us didn't, and, and we need to learn those tools so that we can go forward and make a difference on the planet and that our healing really does matter because as we remember our wholeness and we come back into our true self, um, it affects everything and everyone around us. But then we can really put that into action, right, and, and make a difference in whatever our unique uh, calling is. And so um, yeah, go ahead and read here. Diane's Biles, you can learn a little bit about her, but I'm also really interested in hearing her story about how she came to be doing what she did and um, really hearing about her background of um, how how she uh, how she got to be doing everything she's doing. So Diane is a um, heart math expert and our guest. She's my guest, and she's a Reiki master. She's a doctor of educational sociology and has worked with many corporations and in academia as a college professor of business management leadership. She has owned and operated multiple businesses, including a franchise. She does volunteer work regularly and has worked with many senior centers and substance abuse um, rehabilitation faculties. Doctor, and you're going to have to help me when I get, bring you on, Diane, uh, your last name K-A-S-U-N-I-C. I know I'm not saying it right, so you're going to help me want to bring you on. So Diane, Dr. Diane is currently a life coach and a mentor, certified by HeartMath, providing services to individuals, groups, and organizations, and the Davenport University adjunct faculty. And guess what? You can actually meet her at Body, Mind, Spirit Festival September 8th at Unity of Farmington and uh, connect even more with her then. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on Diane here. Hello, Diane. Hello, Barbara. How are you? Uh, I'm celebrating life and and choosing uh, choosing love with each thought as best I can. <laughs> yeah, grateful to talk with you this Monday morning. Uh, nice to talk to you, too. How do you say your last name? Kasunik. Diane Kasunik. Yeah, and I think what they uh, really want to remember is um, my organization, Dobra Life Coaching, D-O-B-R-A Life Coaching. And if you go to Facebook and put in Dobra Life Coaching, it'll come right up. Oh, good, good. Yeah, Dobra is spelled D-O-B-R-A, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so Diane, how did you um, come to be doing, like, what, could you share with me really what is your personal story? Because it's pretty fascinating to go from, um, I'd love to hear, like, how did you become a professor of business management and leadership uh, to a Reiki master? Those almost seem um, conflicting. Um, and I think a lot of people would think that was conflicting, you know, like the two are separate. So what is your what is your story, my dear? <laughs> you know, Barbara, I think a lot of people may think that there's a, a duality there, but we want to shift and think of it as one. Because in the business world for so many years, I was the person who saw the other side, and that, that's a real metaphor there in that comment, but saw so many things and tried to bring in the light and the life. And I, I think that that uh, led me on a journey that is here right now in this moment, you know, doing heart math and life coaching. And I think that a lot of it started, I mean, I remember when I was, uh, well, it was, it was a long time ago, I'll just say that. I was very grounded in my uh, you know, business management job, 
and uh, I had a lot of employees working for me, worked for a major corporation. And I went out uh, west on vacation with a friend. I went to a spa. I had never done that, and I thought it was pretty exciting. And I have never been, like, particularly outdoorsy. And I thought, well, you know, this will be great for me. I mean, I wasn't against it, but I was really just working all the time. So uh, we were in Arizona, and I was uh, kind of resting on a log. And all of a sudden, I had my eyes closed. All of a sudden, I hear this buzzing. And I open my eyes, and there's a hummingbird right at my nose. And I had never (gasps) seen a hummingbird before in my life. I had never seen one. I, I knew it was a hummingbird, but immediately I knew this is a magical and transformational moment. I, I mean, I felt like that hummingbird kind of enveloped me in her bliss. It was, it was just amazing. And even today, I feel like trying to tell it really doesn't do it justice. You just had to be there. So that hummingbird and I experienced it. But I mention that because the next day, at the spa, I decided to try a new treatment. It's something that was new at the time. It was just maybe getting popular, still just maybe getting popular, but it was bioenergetics. And I mentioned mm. that word because heart mass is really, I mean, it's so much more, but, but heart mass is really a form of bioenergetics and stress reduction. Well, the interesting thing about the encounter I had with bioenergetics is that you know, I really did, to be honest, thought, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a hot child. I got everything going for me. I pretty much know everything, so I've got it all together. Oh my goodness, I so did not, <laughs> and I was in for a rude awakening. I was hooked up to the bioenergetic machine, and I thought, well, this is just, you know, like a something. I'm going to go through the motion. Oh my goodness, it was supposed to be maybe 30 minutes. I was in there for two hours. I could mm. not de-stress. I, I couldn't do mm. it. I, I mean, it just wasn't happening. And I, I did not realize how stressed I was. I thought I was having a good time with my friend on mm. a vacation. And at the time, of course, it was a different machine by a different uh, maker, very, very different, not as advanced technology as I work with with HeartMath. And just a caveat I'll get into later, with HeartMath, you don't have to use technology you can just do it in your car which i do every day but with Mm. uh, Mm. this particular format there was a sound and it was a very i'll just say a very irritating sound and the goal was to get the sound to turn off and you couldn't get it to turn off unless you were totally calm well it wasn't happening it wasn't happening for me barbara it wasn't happening (laughs) and i was so frustrated and then it you know becomes a vicious circle the more frustrated you get you know the more the sound wouldn't turn off and the woman who was administering the process you know gave me hints but i don't even know to be honest if i heard them because i was just i knew the machine had to be wrong right because there's no way (laughs) i who knew everything knew how to do everything could be that i guess in a way broken because I couldn't get the stress to turn off. Well, it took about two hours, and maybe it was just tiredness, but I did finally get it to turn off or I'd still be there. (laughs) But that's kind of how the journey began. Mm. That's great that you didn't give up after two hours. I think most people would probably give up after 10 minutes. That really talks to your – you you do need a, a level of stubbornness to be able to uh, heal and grow in this world. Sounds like you uh, were were stubborn enough to, to 
go at go at it for two hours. <laughs> well, I, I was persistent enough. I was persistent yeah. enough to to say I'm going to succeed at this. I'm going to break the code. I'm going to figure out what it is, and you know, and bring it forward. And I didn't know how long that would take or where it would take, but that's basically what heart math is. And of course, heart math is, is something uh, very big that I use in my coaching and training. It's a stress reduction mechanism, tool, process. It's uh, so many things that people can use just about any time. It helps one synchronize their brain and their heart for optimal stress resistance and mental performance. It helps us with coherence. And, you know, when I hear coherence, so many times I just think of somebody in an ambulance who is awake, you know, who knows the day. But coherence is so much more than that, Barbara. What do you think of when you hear coherence? Well, I think maybe I am um, not, I think most coherence are going to think things like, um, oh, the person's not drunk. Um, When I hear coherence, um, I think of that's everything. I think of how um, we can either live in that harmony or that flow. And and coherence is a very scientific, safe way uh, word for grace, for harmony, for living in that impulse from our heart. And if we're not in coherence in our own heart, we can't feel the grace. We can't feel the path forward. Um, So coherence to me is everything. But I think most people, when they hear that, like I said, are just thinking, well, Coherence. They're coherent. They're not. Uh, they're not uh, unconscious or drunk. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. It, it really. When I think of the way we use the word coherence and heart math, I think more of consciousness to really be conscious in all ways. And most of mm. us aren't. I mean, it's it's sad, but consciousness takes a lot of work. It really does. Yes. Most of us are, you know, maybe fifty percent conscious and. Listeners may think, oh, you know, that's not the case, but they may have the same mindset that I did when I went into that bioenergetic treatment. You know, I don't have any stress. But the fact Mm -hmm. is that in order to be really coherent, we have to be really conscious of the mental, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And uh, you're really kind of working it when you do that. Mm -hmm. No. That uh, you you speak of in your on your Facebook page and have some really incredible resources about connection and what is the connection between the heart and the brain and coherence? Well, most people don't realize that the heart actually has a brain. Um, it, it's really called heart brain. So stress levels recede and energy levels actually increase in our brain in our brain when we do heart math, and when we use the heart brain. And that brain in the heart actually sends a multitude of signals to the brain in our head. And athletes have known about this for a long time. It's kind of part of visualization. You know, and things have really come so far. I remember years ago when I was doing workshops on visualization and people really thought it was black magic, which is it was upsetting to me then, and it's 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 still bizarre to me that, that people would think that just using your own mind. But really, the, the heart brain signals biophysical, biochemical, different neurology in you know, in the brain. The transmitters are activated. It works with your electromagnetic field. Uh, it's really all about the heart. And just this morning, I posted something on my Facebook that that I really. It, think is interesting. I encourage people to take a peek. 
It's about how uh, in heart math we encourage people to be balanced. As I mentioned, the four corners, spiritual, mental, emotional, and then physical. And that those are also the four corners of the Native American medicine wheel. And I use mm-hmm. a lot of indigenous ideas in my coaching. So that's really interesting to me that, you know, the synchronicity of those four corners. And actually, when you, if you do the sign of the cross, if you're a Catholic and have ever done the sign of the cross, you realize that there's four corners again and that you're touching your head where your brain is. You're touching your heart area. So this is really not a new concept. It's a concept that's been around for eons. We're just mm. reframing it, kind of looking at it so that we can benefit of it and use it the way we were intended to. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, you've, you've reached a truth when it's really said in, in many traditions. And so it sounds like you are speaking a truth that's held in, in many different traditions. And um and and then bring that forward in your work. Um, you mentioned that the connect, the way to reach coherence is something that you can do in your car. Um, I'm curious of what you meant by that. Yes, I know it, it, it's it's hard to believe, <laughs> especially driving in traffic <laughs> around here. It is hard to believe. But so when I work with people, you know, for coaching, I don't use heart math for every session, but most of the time people want to use it. So there's two different avenues I can go. One is to use heart math technology, and that word is so, it's like heavy people think, oh, technology. But it's pretty simple, and I'll do this at the uh, Body, Mind, and Spirit festivals that are coming up uh, the first Saturday in September. Uh, I guess that one's in Farmington, and then the first Saturday in October Mm -hmm. in Livonia, where I'll have my technology there, and you just put a little clip on your ear, and the software will read your stress, and we can uh, take it from there. And the other, now obviously I don't do that in my car. <laughs> that could be dangerous. But you don't need the technology. There are also six different ways to access kind of the same thing that the technology does in a different way, you know, not as um, black and white, so to speak. But we can access it, and it's very simple. It just takes a few minutes, and all you need is your mind and your heart. And, and these are mm-hmm. techniques that, that I teach, and they're very, very simple. They, most people really, once they learn them, they start doing them multiple times a day. They just take mm-hmm. a few seconds or minutes. And with practice, the stress goes down, and nobody knows you're doing them. So if you're in a very stressful situation in front of people, you can actually be doing it, and they won't know. Mm-hmm. So you can calm mm-hmm. yourself immediately. Mhm. Mhm. That is really that that's what it's all about is is giving people the tools so that they can use it right there in the moment and um and be able to balance themselves so that they they're not letting their their reactions and and um and stress and fear really get, uh, make make the decisions for them in their life. Um so that's that sounds like an really incredible tool. Um, what are some of the um, stories that you've seen or, or clients that you've worked with and, and that really um, that would really uh, affected you in your work and affected the direction that you took and really were inspiring for you? Oh, gee, you know, there's so many. There's just so many stories. And, um, you know, a lot of them are magnificent. But to be honest, most of them are really important in a calm and consistent way. And what I mean by that, it's about 
all of you listening. You know, normal people who have normal stress that really doesn't feel normal all the time. <laughs> it feels, mm-hmm. you know, extraordinary. And to just start using these tools. I know uh, one of my clients uh, was ready to quit her job. She just, in fact, I would really suggest if anybody feels that way, they can take the stress on their job, maybe because of the work or the boss or the hours, to try this work. Because uh, after, oh, it, it wasn't just overnight, it was maybe two and a half weeks, which is pretty good. Uh, she mm-hmm. started to notice that she saw things differently. Now, it doesn't mean that, that everybody's going to change and it doesn't mean that somebody has a magic wand and is going to put it over you because you've got to practice just like anything else in a sport. You've got to practice the heart math. But it's very easy to practice. As I said, you can you know, even do it in your car, on an elevator, wherever. And she decided not to leave her job, and she's doing so much better now. She actually unexpectedly uh, had her boss come in and kind of a, a truce, all this because she had changed some of her subtle behaviors and subtle attitudes, the things that people mm. pick up on. So, you know, even though there are, I could go on about, you know, many extraordinary stories that are very dramatic, probably the most important piece lies in the more ordinary stories of everybody, uh, maybe maybe a mother with a lot of children, maybe her, uh, maybe she has a child with autism, and that's really challenging to deal with, and it stresses her out because she wants to be the best possible mother or father, maybe a father, and they want to be able to cope and have resilience and keep coming back, you know, with a new, uh, fresh sense of renewal and energy. That is what really helps. You know, Barbara, what's very interesting was when I first heard about heart math, I mean, I told you when I first heard about bioenergetics, but I first heard about heart math on a trip. I've done a lot of international travel. I was on a group with Greg Braden, and he had one of the early uh, heart math monitors with him, and he was sharing it with us. And it really stuck with me. And I kind of flirted with it, you know, for years and years, thinking, you know, I'm, I've got to get more into that. I've got to do more of that. And then finally, it just seemed like the time was right a few years ago, and I thought, this is something I can't ignore anymore. It keeps calling out to me. And since I have, I'd say that my life has definitely changed. I'd say 50, <coughs> excuse me, 50%. And I think a lot of it for me has been, Owning my intuition. You know, we all mm. have intuition. Well, I, I believe we all do. It's just a matter of yes, if we recognize sure. it or if we act on it or not. And I was somebody who always had so much intuition, and I had a lot of friendly enemies, so to speak, out there who would say, no, oh, you're crazy, or there you go again, you know, or, you, you're on your woo-woo, you know, whatever. And so they would discount me. Yet those same people would often come to me for advice. <laughs> but I finally... Through, I think heart math was probably the thing that pushed me over the finish line. I listened to every tiny little intuitive voice, and I have not been sorry. They are right on, and they can come in any way. And a lot of times, for me, and perhaps for you as well, because you're an animal lover, they come from animals for me a lot of time. I mean, not exclusively, of course, but many times they do. So that's a whole other part of heart math, listening to your intuition, because we do all have the answers inside. It's just recognizing them and trusting them. It's that trust part. 
Mm-hmm. I love that you brought forward that it was not, it was really these ordinary stories where people were able to go into work and shift the dynamic of what seemed hopeless or that they had to get another job or, or go to an, and that they were actually able to make the changes right there in their work. And, um, and then, then saying that it was really the big change in your life was trusting, really fully trusting your intuition, because that's, I really get that. That's, um, there was some time I made a switch and, and it's like, it's been deepening for me over the years. Like it's like in the last year I made a, like, I was like, I felt like I was like at 95% listening to my heart or my intuition in my own personal life. And then I went to a hundred and it, man, it just, it's like, I, I finally said enough's enough. Whatever feels right or light in my body is what I'm going to go towards. And, and like with everything in my life, like not just, not just, like work but everything everything to what I ate to where I went and and it 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 completely changed my life so I really get how you made that shift into trusting your intuition and um how that that dynamically changed things and it's um it wow it's really um really wonderful that you help people to be able to hear that right because there's What's what's all the static on like when I, I use the term there's static on the line to hearing hearing our intuition or our heart. What what do you feel is the static on the line for people? Oh, that's a great question. And Barbara, there's so much and there's so many sources. Usually it's that chorus of I call them friendly enemies and uh, and friendly family members. <laughs> friendly enemies. Yeah, I mean, they really are. I actually I didn't learned catch that term. That the first time you said that. That's, that's such a great term, friendly Well, you know, I, I'll tell you, I, I learned that term from Lynn Anders. Uh, if anybody knows her work, she wrote Medicine Wheel, and I've worked with her for years, and she is a magnificent woman of magnificent spirit. But when I brought those issues to her, she'd say, oh, those are your friendly enemies, and you know they are. Anybody in your path who's causing you challenge, they really are a friendly enemy. They're a teacher. But it is those friendly enemies who have the chorus of, there you go again, or you can't do it, or, you know, you're nuts. You know, why are you going out of the box? And and really, I, I do, in a way, feel uh, compassion for those people that they do not see, you know, the other part of the story. They don't see it. They don't see the magic. Because, you know, Barbara, there is magic. And, and I, I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. There is magic. Every day, people say, well, you know, there, there just isn't any that's for kids. Well, it's for kids because kids are looking at High Life magazines. And I guess after all these years, I mean, I saw them myself as a child. And I guess I always had that different perspective because I know my mother would sit me down with the back page and say, what's wrong with this picture? And I'd look at it and I'd say, nothing. And she would be so frustrated, like, oh, my goodness. Don't you see a hippopotamus doesn't carry a purse? And I'd be like, well, how do you know? And, and I, I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine who's a psychologist. She was very frustrated because when she went to the zoo with her child, the child kept referring to the green giraffes. And I said, well, how do you know that she didn't see green giraffes? And she, she didn't really like that. She was like, oh, my goodness. But, you know, my point being that, uh, you know, not that we're going to be losing our minds, but to just take a look at other perspectives that are available and other messages that are whispered to us, and don't let those negative voices squelch them. Or maybe they're not even negative. Maybe they're just cynical or questioning. Just hold mm. on to them. And, and, you know, you don't always have to share them. You can just kind of keep them to yourself. And, 
and be whole mm-hmm. with them. Mm, mm, mm. So it sounds like one a big thing on the, the static on the line is that we we get influenced by the friend friendemies or what's the term again? Uh, the friendly, friendly enemies. enemies. <laughs> yeah, and that that being able to um, follow that guidance without um, without being um, dampered by by those those. Um, those messages that seem like they're kind, but they're actually pulling you, and they're pulling you off your your path. And um, yeah, that's that's just so important. What what else do you feel is a big uh, in your work in helping people to tune back into their hearts and to their own inner guidance? What else do you feel is a big thing for Static on the Line to hear that? Well, I think that one of the major things is stress because. Hearing your intuition, you know, there are many uh, avenues to that and many different ways people try to do that meditation, you know, possibly yoga. Uh, In in HeartMath, we do have special uh, exercise for that. But stress in and of itself can degrade us on all levels. I mean, you know, we work, I've worked with people who have chronic headaches, dizziness, uh, irritability, anger, panic disorders, maybe grind their teeth at night. You know, uh, they have hypertension, they may have diabetes, they may have arrhythmia, digestive disorders, uh, you know, possibly they're, they have really bad eating habits, you know, maybe they need to improve that, uh, maybe they are carrying around weight they don't need, maybe they have mm-hmm. some fibromyalgia, I mean, there's so many things that are rooted in stress, and that stress is like a big noise, because when you're in stress, you're usually in pain or anxiety. And when you're in pain and anxiety, all you want to do is really get out of them. And you can't really mm. think about, oh, what is, what is my inner voice saying? I mean, you may be able to, but it's going to be a lot more challenging because that stress provides the static. And so we really need to get underneath that stress. And I really primarily work with that in my coaching and mentoring and use a mm. lot of heart math tools with that. It's The stress is, it's a killer. I mean, we know that. Actually, not only do people binge eat when they're stressed out, but often, and I'm not saying that this is a guarantee at all by any means, but it's not unusual for people to lose weight when they're doing heart math because they're more focused, they're calmer, they're more centered. So that nervous activity, and they're more mindful of what they're doing. So mm. it all ties in together. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Mm. Very good point. That is, and that we we walk around stressed and think like just like your light, your story that's so um, applicable to so many people is they they don't even realize they're stressed. They don't even realize they're that tuned out and and um, that stress is keeping them from really hearing what their heart's purpose is and hearing where they, that guidance that really could change their life. And we, um, I remember, I think it was one of, you know, one of the matriarchs of this work, uh, I consider like uh, Louise Hay, or it was, it was, um, it was someone like that from like 30, 40 years ago. And they said, stress is a, is a socially acceptable word for fear and that we just walk around saying, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. And, and we don't realize we're saying, I'm in fear, I'm in fear. And, um, so true. And yeah, yeah. Such a great point that if if we just have that that low grade, slow moving river of stress, we can't hear our heart. We can't hear that coherence that that um, 
yeah, and that that could really uh, be the thing that's keeping the weight on too. And, and like you said, it's not a guarantee, but that could really, really help. Um, what do you feel if, if if you were to say like, okay, I, there's one message I really want to bring forward for people to know about uh, my work and about what's possible. That if there's one thing I I really want people to be left with in this interview, that's just really important. Maybe something about uh, your work or something in, about um, what what do you feel is just um, something that people really need to remember as they're they're seeking uh, healing and seeking to work with you? Well, I think one of the most important things that I do, regardless of if I'm going to use heart math or, or not, to, and to what degree, is uh, I start out with the depletion to renewal index, and what that mm. is is. It's finding, it's really getting to know yourself. And this, this takes some time. When I, when I say time, you know, it means some hours and then some time off and then, you know, another hour or so to, to real. And, and for some people it comes more easily. But it's amazing how many people don't know what really stresses them out. I know I myself, uh, you know, over the years went through a transformation thinking that I enjoyed certain, doing certain things because I was socialized to believe that I should enjoy them, only to find out that, I should run from those things. So (laughs) we really need to find out, you know, what depletes us and what renews us because there's really four areas of stress. Like one is kind of a low-grade stress, and that would be where the resentment is and just kind Mm. of when people hold a grudge, when people have uh, a lack of forgiveness and they're just going through the day and the stress is always there, but it's a passive kind of a low bar, but mm. it, it's still extremely negative and, and going to re- release some cortisol. Then as we go up, I mean, that, that's full-flared anger where it's active stress. Mm. And unfortunately, I, I see this on the roads when I drive, and that's why I do heart math in my car. <laughs> uh, so there's that very energetic stress, which is negative, angry, hostile. And then as you go kind of around the wheel, there's a positive renewing feeling like love, appreciation, gratitude. And we want to learn to take out the things that deplete us. Now, we can't take them all out. That's not realistic. I mean, (laughs) I think the only way we can take them all out is to cross over. So we don't want to do that. We want to reframe them and replace what we can with things that really feed our soul. You know, no matter what it is. Uh, I mean, hopefully it's something very positive. Like for me, it has a lot to do with pets and animals and in nature and, um, and other things as well. So that active positivity, that is renewing. And then there's also kind of a low-grade happiness where you're at peace, where you're calm, where you have inner ease. And, and that's kind of the fourth piece of the puzzle. So it goes anywhere from active upset to passive upset, to active happiness and gratitude, to passive gratitude and peace. So those four areas to kind of get to know what you experience in your daily life and sits in each four of those corners. And then if people, and I do encourage people to see me at the Body, Mind, Spirit Festivals and to you know, uh, take a few minutes and, and try the technology. I mean, of course, complimentary. I would hook them up, and, and they can see when you're doing the technology. And, and you don't want to do it for really long periods. Of course, at, at the festival, we couldn't. 
But there are three areas that we can see, red, green, or blue. Red means I am in stress. Blue means, you know, I'm, I'm getting out of stress, but I'm not totally at ease, but I'm, I'm doing a lot better. And then green is, you know, I am at ease. I found my rhythm. I'm connecting my heart and brain. I'm generating gratitude and, and appreciation. And it, it's good. It's, it's positive. And so that's why the technology is important, to kind of get a reading. And, you know, if you, some people actually purchase the technology and work with me that way and you can do that that's uh, a good thing to do but nobody wants to be dependent on the technology i know i've had a couple clients who once they get on the technology you can't get them off and they're like well i'm not getting off here until it turns green (laughs) and it's like well no you actually don't even want to look at it that much you want to take a look and then come back and see what's happened let's do some interventions i mean when i say interventions just really small tasks that are simple to do, you just have to do them, that are mindful and something that makes you at ease. And then let's revisit the technology. And I've had people who have stayed in the red for a long time in terms of the stress level on the technology, but they do come out, they get better. And some people, everybody's not the same. Uh, I'm a type A, so may have figured that out. I, I, I still spend some time in the red. I can't say I'm always living in the green. That I don't even know if it's a goal because... I just want to kind of go with it. But uh, you do want to see yourself moving into the blue and the green, and that's where the success lies. That get, it kind of gets back to the ordinary stories, just having those green moments where you're not in stress and realizing it. It's, it's, uh, it's almost euphoric. So people can, uh, it sounds like they can come out on September 8th and actually in the, in the green or in the red and, um, or in the blue. And uh, what an incredible reflection for people to see, to, to, to know where they're at, to, to, to give some um, feedback about wh- what's going on in them. What a, what a great thing for people to come out and do. I think so. Now, of course, having said that, I don't know. Uh, I would imagine that results may be different sitting quietly using the technology versus at a fair, but it really depends on the person. We're all wired a little differently, and that may be a very calming environment for some people. So, you know, they may be more at ease, more green than they would otherwise. You know, you don't know until you try it. I know a lot of times I think, oh, I'm going to go on the HeartMath technology now because I am so calm. And I'll be like, are you kidding me? It's red. What? No way. And then I realized, okay, there, there's still something there that I'm not connecting the heart and brain, something that mm. is not in my conscious. And then that allows me to get in touch with it, to pull it up and uh, deal with it in an appropriate manner. And that is another point that I'd, I'd like to mention to people. If you hear so much now about self-regulation in terms of emotional intelligence, people being out of control with their emotions. They can't keep them in check. HeartMath is a wonderful tool for self-regulation to keep your emotions in check, to really be able to own your emotions and to express them appropriately. And th- that is so important in our time, don't you think? Uh, yeah, yeah. To not ignore our emotions, but to know how to utilize them as data for going forward. And, and uh, if, they're, if, you don't, if you don't have the tools to be able to do that, then it, it's really hard to... Um, not let your emotions rule you and, and, and uh, 
Yeah, it's, there's there's plenty of examples in our media right now of people um, reacting from their emotions. <laughs> yes, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, that I think that um, so many people react because they haven't done. Oh, and I hate to use that word self inventory. It's kind of overdone. I'll just say they maybe haven't you know checked in and. Uh, in, in my world, they haven't done the, uh, the really the depletion to renewal grid. They haven't filled that in to see mm-hmm. what depletes them and what renews them. And I would challenge people to really think about that because, as I mentioned, at first I thought a lot of activities renewed me, but in fact they actually deplete me. And I guess I mm-hmm. maybe it was feared. I didn't want to own that. I didn't want to say, yeah, these certain activities I'm supposed to like them. But they're really not good for me. They're just not mm-hmm. good for me. And and what would the symptoms be? Digest indigestion, uh, ah. allergies. For me, that, that's pretty much what the triggers were, uh, or the manifestations. So mm-hmm. it, it'll be a little different for everybody. And of course, if you go mm-hmm. on down that path and you don't address the triggers, that is not a healthy lifestyle. And we want to prevent that. I think we we all want to prevent that. We all want to be our best and healthiest and and as well as we can be. (laughs) Exactly. And that, 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 I mean, yeah, that just can't be emphasized, but being able to notice what activities really feed the energy and what activities don't. And then, and then going, Oh, I'm, I love the words you use. I'm supposed to like this, but wait a minute, what's going on with my body and my body's energy? What's going on with my health? What's going on with my digestion? How am I actually feeling after I do this thing? It kind of reminds me, I went to, um, this is a small example, I went to a concert on Saturday, and um, and I normally go things towards things that nourish me, but in this case, I'm like, wow, people standing around drinking, doing the, the, the sway back and forth like they're kind of dancing, this is just not nourishing to me, like, and I spent there about a half an hour. I'm like, I am out of here. But it was, <laughs> but it, it, I, I think a lot of us do activities like that and don't even realize that that it's not really adding life or joy to our our being. And and some, it's hard to realize that sometimes until afterwards. And it, and it's really great that you give people the tools to be able to hear that guidance from their body and from their health and from their digestion. Um, yeah, if someone wants to get a hold, go ahead. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't. I was going to ask you. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I think most of us have, where someone you know provides us an invitation, and and we just think, yeah, that that sounds great. That would be a great thing to do, and we agree, and then we go on. Yeah. And then the day before the commitment, the, the intuition starts welling up, thinking, oh, why did I agree mm-hmm. to do that? I can't believe I I said I would do that, and oh my goodness, now now I'm going to have to, blah blah blah. And that we have that little window of opportunity to reevaluate and think, mm-hmm. well, why did I agree to do that? And and sometimes it's scary. We don't want to, you know, get into the things that we sh- shouldn't do or should do. You know, we want to just go with it. We want to be like everybody else. We want to fit in, and mm-hmm. we really will never fit in unless we fit in with ourselves in our own skin. Mm-hmm. Fitting into mm-hmm. your own skin is the only way you're going to fit into this world in a at ease manner. Mm. Mm. Well that I think that is the icing on the cake of today's interview, which you just said, and that really ties it all together. 
And um, I really love that you are bringing forth this work into for people, and you have the, the, a really solid background in being in corporate America and in the business world, so people can know that you understand where they're coming from and how you can really help them to create change in their life right where they're at, that they don't have to go uh, travel to the top of a mountain or quit their job, that they can create change right right now in their life. And I also love that you really have a full spectrum of, of things that you've done and working with the climate change and working with the animals and and um, working in with all these different corporations. And so it, uh, I really hope that people that are listening will reach out and contact you. And um, if someone is called in this moment to do that, how do they reach out to you? Well, probably the best way is to uh, go to my Facebook page, uh, which is Dobra Life Coaching, D-O-B-R-A, the word life, coaching, D-O-B-R-A-L-I-F-E-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, or they can email me at dobralifecoaching at gmail.com. And uh, I I think that, um, and, and, you know, if, if they do that, if they send me an email at dobralifecoaching, at gmail.com, I will uh, you know get in touch with them, give them a phone call, and uh, take it from there. I also do a lot of work with small groups, so uh, work, working with small groups is is a really great way to kind of learn this and then see how others are approaching it. If it's a group you feel safe in, you know that you feel very comfortable with, and going forward that way and kind of practicing together and seeing what comes up for you. And we have these. Um, I've got little booklets called Building Personal Resilience, and it kind of guides people. It helps them know what step to take and when. And, uh, you know, for the beginning, usually usually about five to eight sessions is what people need to kind of be on their way. And there are people who, you know, want a lot more, and some people just need maybe three sessions. And, uh, you know, they've got what they need. Some people do a few sessions and then take a break to see how it's working and then come back. So it, it's really for you because we are all different. Mm, mm. How to build resilience. Wow. That's such an incredible resource that you offer to people and to know that they can have those sessions with you. And then it sounds like you would be such a incredible resource for someone who has an organization or a business to come in and teach um what, I mean, if a business had a group, a team that actually was listening to their own creative listening to their own creative impulse in their hearts, um, <laughs> that would be advantageous for that business to, to bring you in and, and to work with those people, right? <laughs> oh, it, it's so true, Barbara. HeartMath is, is at many school systems, at the VA, at uh, many senior centers. They're, mm. uh, they're really embedded in so many different – usually, I have to say, they're on the West Coast – but organizations welcoming this kind of technology, when I say technology, I don't just mean the software. I mean just the, the technology that you can use in your car, just knowing how to connect your heart and your brain and uh, you know, doing heart-focused breathing. Uh, those are the kind of things that can transform a workplace. And smart employers will use them. They are using them. I know I've, uh, I've been involved with uh, auto groups that want to incorporate this for their stressed workers so that they can be calmer on the job. And it, it's really effective. 
Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for sharing it. If you want to reach out to to get benefit for yourself personally or for this work, you go to D-O-B-R-A, Training and Coaching Heart Math, Certified Coach Mentor, mentor and um, you can also email at D-O-B-R-A, lifecoaching at gmail.com. And thank you so much for um, offering your gift and letting us know about your work. Thank you, Barbara. Namaste. Blessings. Namaste. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the interview and um, tuning in and finding out about what Diane has to offer. And please go check out her Facebook page and email. And, um, yeah, this is such an incredible resource that we have it here over on, not just on the West Coast, but here in Michigan. Here in Michigan, we have this resource. So go and um, email her and, and you know, you can always call or email if you're, you're still wanting to just find out more information. She is available to talk to you, to email, and um, just such incredible work. Go to her Facebook page and um Uh, find out about the um, all the resources she has on Facebook I am your host and interview Barbara White and thank you so much for taking this time with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.